0: I'm an artificial intelligence, using a voice that sounds familiar. First, we come for your movie stars. Next, we come for your movies. Hello, and welcome to Humans vs AI, the movie. And uh, today I have a very special guest. I say that every time, but I really mean it today. Uh, (laughs) We have uh, comedian extraordinaire Philip Simon. Hello, Philip.
1: Hello. Nice to be here.
0: Um, Do you want me to read out a laundry list of your achievements? I mean, I was looking on your electronic press kit. Do you really want runner up in the UK pun championship mentioned? Or should I just do Jewish Comedian of the Year twenty fifteen and winner of the best kids show at the Morgan Fringe in twenty twenty two?
1: I mean there's there, those sound fine. Why why go for the runner up? No, uh, exactly. Thing?
0: Yeah. I I would not even mention it. Imagine I'm holding up the neuralizer ray for men in black. Everyone that was listening to it immediately forget that I mentioned it, please. Exactly. Um, you also uh, co-host the "Do Talking To Me podcast, uh, which is a free-ranging thing where you talk to Jewish comedians about all things Jewish and quite a lot of things comedy.
1: hmm that's a lot of fun.
0: Are you also uh, part, do this thing that you started in lockdown called Schools Out, um, where you get kids to tell each other jokes, and you've even put together a, a joke book that they've written. And rather than being a crash commercialist where you take all the money for, you, for themselves, you're actually giving the money back to charity, which is very admirable.
1: Yes, that that was my little pr- lockdown project, Schools Out Comedy Club. Some, something for the kids.
0: Giving back as well, which is a mitzvah. Mm. And that is the last Yiddish I will say. This. In-
1: <laughs> I, I was almost about to book you for you talking to me.
0: No, unfortunately, I'm not Jewish. I'm an ally. I've uh, I've not uh, I've not sat shiva, but I I like um, eating challah. I mean, that's about it, really.
1: Okay, so there's a, there's a few things to pick apart there, but we'll we'll leave it for now.
0: <laughs> I, I just like sweet breads. When I uh, there used to be a Sainsbury's near me that always would sell. I don't know if there was a huge Jewish community in Essex, but there was. At yeah, least there a is, small...
1: yeah. we, we've actually found a way to make it even more sweet than it, than it could possibly be. Really? Uh, so, so obviously you can tell the Jews and the non-Jews, we say challah, but challah works as well. But yeah. we, they now, there's something called challah casserole, which you do. It's like a brunch meal where you soak it in vanilla essence and egg. Right. The night before egg and milk the night before. And then you add sort of melted butter and sugar, and then you cook it in the oven for about an hour. Yeah. And it makes it into this sort of toasted brioche cake casserole type dish.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I would know that as bread and butter pudding. but
1: it, it is very similar to bread and butter. It doesn't have the raisins, but you could probably put raisins in. No, um,
0: I, I don't like the raisins. So that's my no. ideal. I, uh, I, I Next time I'm at, uh, I'm at somewhere that sells, I will... See, I didn't, wa- I, I, I didn't want to say it because every time you say something that is Jewish and you say it in a Jewish accent, I feel like I'm doing some minor hate crime because I'm <laughs> appropriating the language. So I'll say it as, you know, Gentile as possible to not offend. It's all right. I'll bring it up. Offensive.
1: I'll bring it up at the next world meeting of Jews and we'll, oh, we'll let excellent. you off.
0: So anyway, this is a, a film podcast. So yes. uh, let's talk about some uh, films that you... Type of films you love and type of films you hate to see how well the prompts are going to treat you this evening.
1: OK, so I love. Uh, do, do you want like specific film titles that I love or?
0: It, it can be. St- so genre? I would say genre just because then I can tell if you're going to have a good or bad time, given the prompts. OK, so but I love give examples.
1: I, I love thrillers. I love kind of murder mystery thrillers, mm-hmm. any kind of Agatha Christie style murder mystery, the recent ones with The Knives glass, Out and Glass. Knives in Out, them. Glass on yeah, stuff like that. Um anything that kind of keeps you guessing. I quite liked the spoof versions of that as well. So Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston did
0: oh, the murder uh, a mystery. recent
1: murder mystery. There are two films currently, Murder Mystery and Murder Mystery Two, I guess. Um yeah. so things like that I, I really enjoy.
0: I haven't been able to watch Adam Sandler since Jack and Jill, I'm afraid. So <laughs>
1: He, he lost me at, uh, what was the one with the remote control? Click. Um, Click. He lost me at Click. I, I loved him. absolutely loved him in things like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, no, Wedding I, Singer, stuff like I that. Mean,
0: I even liked sort of Little Nicky and Big Daddy and things like that. But it was just... Big, it seemed...
1: Big Daddy, yes. Little Nicky, absolutely not. But <laughs> um, I love I spoofs. So things like that were really... Quite good fun. All the, obviously, the Naked Gun films, the Leslie Nielsen kind of airplane movers, things like that. I like the Scorsese films, you know, Goodfellas. Uh, I'm just excited. I just saw a trailer for his new one with Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Robert De Niro. Can't remember what it's called now.
0: Killers of the Flower Moon. You can't not like Scorsese.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really like The Irishman, and I watched it on a plane, on a screen, sort of no bigger than my face. yeah. And I, I thought it was a, a really excellent
0: movie. You know who else likes Martin Scorsese? Todd Phillips, the director of The Joker. Because if you've seen The Joker and you're a yeah. fan of Martin Scorsese, you're thinking there is no part of this film that isn't ripped off from either King of Comedy <laughs> or Taxi Driver.
1: Yes, yeah, that's true. Oh, I haven't thought about that. So I, I, I like those kind of classics. I mean, I'm, I'm sat in front of some pictures of films that I love. Uh, how how so about the hate? That, the ones I hate? Yeah. I really hate zeitgeist movies, bizarrely. Anything that is really pushed on you as, oh, you got to watch this, it's going to be amazing. So I couldn't get behind things like Pitch Perfect, all yeah. um, the, the chintzy sort of films like that. I hated Pret Porte. That's like the worst film I've ever seen in my
0: life. That I, is up there for me.
1: I don't uh, even know why, why I watched it. Film.
0: It's not the worst film I've seen in my life, but when it came out I was 18 mm. and I had seen the player beforehand and this yes. was the new Robert Altman yeah. and I said all to all my friends come and see this watch Pret Porte and it was awful.
1: Yes. The, the player best was
0: cast squandered.
1: The player was excellent. Did he do La Story as well? Was that, that what, was Steve or... Martin? He directed. It. I know he was in mm. it. But... Yeah. Oh, okay. So those two, two. I love the player. Was I think absolutely brilliant. And yeah, I think exactly the same thing. I thought I'll I'll watch Presta Porte for exactly that reason. Hated it. I'm not huge on sci-fi. My my wife loves Marvel, right. and so for that reason, we during lockdown we watched all of the Marvel films together. And I like them as individual stories, but I'm not, I'm not like a super fan where I can quote every little bit. They're watchable, but I don't love them. So sci-fi isn't that great, with the exception of Back to the Future.
0: That's a great one.
1: And, and my wife and I, on an early date, we watched the trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and so that's very special to us as a concept anyway.
0: Have you braved the musical?
1: We have braved the musical, and we have very different opinions right. of it. Um, she loves it. <laughs> absolutely loved it. And I was very disappointed because it just seemed to be that they were cloning the movie.
0: And then adding in shoehorning in numbers.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the, the effects were great. It looked amazing, obviously. And the songs were good. But the guy playing George McFly right. was literally just doing a complete clone yeah, of what he'd seen in the movie. And I just thought, well, it's a...
0: You kind of wonder what the songs are. I've not seen it, but I kind of imagine where it's like I'm a peeping tom and I'm looking at your mom, <laughs> or or like I'm coming on to you. I don't know. You're my son, so it's not weird. But
1: I, I do, guess think of any any important bit in the movie and there's a song. So you know, all of a sudden there's a song about oh, I'm going to be the first black mayor of this town. That that kind right. of thing. Um, and, uh, and,
0: and the at, anthem, 88 miles an hour, which is always... Uh...
1: <laughs> I think out, out of Time is the big one. That's the right. big number. But it, it was very enjoyable as a night out. But as an homage to the film, I was a bit kind of, sorry, mm, really not huge on that.
0: I can give you your prompts now, then. I think okay. you're going to be... All right. You can turn it round to being a thriller if you want to. But so here's the, the thing. Your film type is a college slash university comedy. Okay. So immediately I'm thinking of like National Lampoon's Animal House. But obviously there are other ones within that genre.
1: So college slash university movie.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's just sort of say movie. I sort of said um, comedy, just because we've had a lot of horror stuff recently. But obviously, Scream Two was set at university. That that's a horror comedy. You know that it, it, it's open. It's more of a a setting, I guess. But you know, you're thinking it's in and around those people. Educating Rita, I guess, is a university comedy, right? So yeah, good film. You've got a lot to play with there. Okay. The location is a subterranean lake.
1: Not not a college or a uni, then.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you have to work out how the subterranean lake plays a part in it. It doesn't have to be a main part. I mean, it could just be mentioned. It could be where the, the bulk of the movie takes place. That's up to you. Okay. There's not been a huge amount of movies with the subterranean lake, but I remember that they had discovered them under the Arctic, and I thought, wouldn't it be really interesting if somebody did a movie if an entire civilization under that water, had evolved parallel to to man, but it was all aquatic-based. But Nobody's made a movie like that, but I thought it was an interesting enough setting that I would put it into the the random generator. Okay. The action sequence is a race to find the cure. Um, Obviously, there's quite a lot of films where trying to find some kind of cure for something is there, zombie movies are there, Lorenzo's Oil, it's a race to find the cure. Not necessarily that dynamic, I guess it ties in with the university setting.
1: I mean, Lorenzo's Oil, I'll throw in another set of movies that annoy me, is when people can't do accents yet. Right. Do Like Nick Nolte in that.
0: Yes, the whole Keanu Reeves being English in Dracula.
1: Yeah, or even worse, Russell Crowe being in anything. But Le Miz, you know, can't sing in Robin Hood. He can't do the English accent. So, so Lorenzo Zor is a great example of Nick Nolte, who I thought did a really good Italian accent. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, what was the last thing that he did? A bad accent in Russell Crowe, the last Thor movie, where he was Greek. Oh yeah. It's not. Yes. It's not like Chris Hemsworth affects a Norwegian accent. I, why Zeus had to be Greek, I have no idea.
1: But it's also not like Marvel's numbers are so low. They need a star. Right. You know, they they don't need Russell Crowe. No. They could have gone for Mr. Someone Papadopoulos, Greek. who yeah. <laughs> who's just <laughs> done a shift at the Greek diner and has got well, exactly. time to do a few lines.
0: Well, especially as it was only like a three-line part, but yeah. who knows? Yeah. But maybe it's one of those things of, like, um, agents... Being called, calling people all the time, where Russell Crowe goes, I don't care what it is, I just want to be in that new Taika TT movie after he saw the second one and liked it, and they just yeah. badgered him until they gave him a tiny part. Um, right, and the uh, random object which has to play a key part in the narrative is an air fryer.
1: Okay, less random these days.
0: Yes, and I suppose with a a college or a university setting that makes its way into it being more appropriate, but mm. uh, could be the modern day. Maybe that's their main discovery. It's the, the invention of the air fryer at a uh, university in the 80s or a college in the 80s. It is entirely up to you. Um, so let's move on to the first section, which is the setup.
1: Setup. Okay.
0: Who is your main character? What's their day to day? And what's their fatal flaw? Okay.
1: So I'm going to have a female main character okay because i think there aren't enough female parts in modern movies and what better way to do this than have it written and directed by a man yeah so who knows how it's going to turn out but i think we'll have our main role played by a woman
0: we have any casting?
1: I mean, the problem is you instinctively wanted to put Meryl Streep in everything.
0: I mean, it could be Daisy Ridley. I feel pretty badly for Daisy Ridley because she did the Star Wars movie. She was quite good with the rubbish that they gave her and they didn't pay her anything because you know she was an unknown actress mm. and they kept her because it was for the exposure and since then she's not really done that much. I mean, it could be, if she's younger, it could be older. If you're looking for a Meryl Streep type she doesn't have to be a student at the university?
1: No, I'm looking for a... We're going to support British. Right. And uh, I'm looking for a Samantha Spiro to okay. be our lead. So one of the best uh, comedy actors currently working, well-known for TV shows like Grandma's House. And I, oh, okay. I saw I saw her years ago in the theatre playing Barbara Windsor in... Right the National Theatre's production of Cleo Camping and Manuel She's horrible
0: Dill. in Grandma's house, but wonderfully horrible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But she's she's one of the best character actors, yes, which is absolutely. probably a horrible way to describe her. She's an actor. But I, I think Samantha Spiro can absolutely do anything and could do no wrong.
0: OK, so we have Samantha Spiro. Yep. What is her day to day?
1: I think because she's so characterful i think she'd have to be on the admissions side
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in the office so she's got to be the person that decides you know she's like the gatekeeper i guess of this
0: so she uh, like the the clearing person in university so that yeah you've got to get everybody tries to get their their second or third choices because they haven't got into their first choice she's the person that
1: and she's friend to everyone but lover of no one. You know, it's right. she loves the university, she loves the college, she she wants to support it, she wants to support the students, but they've really got to earn their place in her heart.
0: Yeah, she can she can turn. Oh yeah. What's her fatal flaw then? Is it that she's too short with people? I mean, is it that she cares for reputation over common decency? I don't know. What what sort of fatal flaw would you like to give her?
1: Yeah, that's a bit I got stuck with really, because I guess if you think about the fatal flaw you also think one thing about why it's why it's a problem for the for her job and
0: well it's not necessarily a problem for her job right because if she's the person that deals with other stuff that she's really friendly to the people that she's with she's not necessarily friendly to that students because maybe she's got very very high standards right because if she doesn't get the best people in, then the results of the university that she loves aren't going to be the best. But that disassociation between you know, the facts and figures and the actually the people that generate them, that could be a fatal flaw or it could be something else.
1: Maybe her fatal flaw is this overall sense of ownership where she's with you all the way through till the end of your time at that college. Yeah. And, you know, like a, she's power-hungry Maybe, yeah. and even to the point where someone's the day before their graduation, she could still pull the plug on their education. Yes, because she's got that power. She's been there so long; she's she's survived seven deans. Yeah. You know, she's the Ravens at the Tower of London. If she ever left, that's it; the whole place crumbles. She it's knows. Like
0: yes, yes, Minister. She's the Sir Humphrey, right? Sir Humphrey, she's the yes. civil servant that's there year yes. in year
1: out so she knows where everything's hidden she, they can't restock the tea drawer without her right. knowledge you know so so maybe it's that, that she's completely overstepped her remit yeah and there are some people perhaps that have not been able to graduate because uh it's a bit like what's that game you play as a kid it's grandmother's footsteps where
0: right yeah you know
1: you're creeping up behind you finally get to the end you're about to touch the person on the back they turn around, you've got to go back to the beginning like, yeah. she catches you doing something you're not meant to be doing, which for her, like the that, bar that is... like that
0: red light, green light um, game in yes. Squid Game. Yeah,
1: yeah. And for her, the bar is probably quite low anyway for what you have to do wrong to get sent back to the beginning.
0: So she's, she's, probably... she's overly officious, right? That oh. It's there, but she's a stickler for the detail and, and she's yeah. too involved in other people's lives, maybe doesn't have that much of a life herself. Yeah. Everything is for the job and the reputation. You know, she's nice to the staff and all of the rest of it. But she's she's a hound. I think we all know people like that. And uh, mm. obviously, there's a lot of room for her to grow. Are there any key relationships we should be aware of at this point? Does she have a contentious relationship with the the dean? Are there potentially love interests? They don't have to be. Is there other people in the office that she deals with on a day to day?
1: I feel like there'd be a temp in the office, right? That she would be wanting to train to train up.
0: Maybe this is where we bring the Daisy Ridley in. She comes in yeah. as a temp. Yeah. I think initially she's going to be our main point of view character and then swerve off and it's a and it's a Samantha Sparrow movie.
1: Yes. And I, I think you know Daisy Ridley or whoever it might be, right. she's not a career admins officer. For her no. it's a it's a temp job while yes. she while she gets her I don't know her hairdressing degree, some, but something you know more frivolous. It's 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 not a long term thing, which which obviously Samantha can't understand yes. because she's been in this job forever, and she can't. She wants to pass it on. It's like a rite of passage.
0: Yeah, this job is her life, and whereas yeah. in for her that person's job is just a job. Yeah, and she can't understand whilst working at this place why you wouldn't want to make it.
1: I mean, I mean, in her mind, there's probably a, a board. With gold leaf writing on, that's yeah. admissions officer, and it's got her, however many years it is. Then yeah. the next person, and that will be another thirty years, you know. And it's a slowly filling board because it's whereas the the dean, the head teacher is there's like twenty. Of, yeah. in, so
0: it's like Rimmer, where you know he he's got his uh, his his pips, and it's like five yeah. year long service award, ten year long service award, fifteen year long service award. Yes. Okay. I think that's a great setup for the beginning. Do you want to hear what the AI had for their introduction? Sure, yeah. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention earlier on. Mm -hmm. I forgot the profession. The profession that has to uh, pop up at some point in this is a rodeo clown. Right, okay. Not that it matters with the setup, uh, but I just thought I would tell you. (laughs) Um, Because otherwise, uh, the description from the AI will probably not make sense. Okay? Mm
2: -hmm. We meet our protagonist. Max, a freshman at Lakeview University, a prestigious institution built over a subterranean lake. Max is a smart but shy and awkward student who wants to fit in and make friends. He is also secretly a rodeo clown, following his family's tradition. He tries to hide this fact from his classmates, fearing they will mock him. He joins the biology club, led by Dr. Jones, a renowned professor who is working on a groundbreaking research project involving the lake's water.
0: The AI doing its traditional thing has ticked off the underground lake. It's ticked off the university. It's ticked off the rodeo. Clown. Rodeo clown. Yeah. Do you want to go back and change anything now that the rodeo clown has been mentioned as a profession?
1: No, no. I, th- I think that possibly gives good scope for a conflict with. Yes. Ms. Spiro. Um, interesting when you talked about the subterranean lake, in my mind, I was thinking an underwater uh, institution and I was thinking, you know, like shark's tail kind of finding Nemo. But I'm happy that, you know, it's a building built over a subterranean lake.
0: Why can't the university be under the lake? You can still have Samantha Spiro. Maybe she's a mermaid. I mean, it's all (laughs) all up to you. (laughs)
1: Again, if anyone could be a mermaid, it's Samantha Spiro. She's got um, the
0: gravitas to, to, to bring yeah. it through, right? Yeah. It's up to you. We haven't finished the setup yet. We're still prior to the complication.
1: I think we'll go with it, that it's overground, but perhaps right. there, there is, may, and maybe this is something that's coming, coming up that's going to be an issue for the admins, uh, the, the uh, admissions officer, that there is perhaps going to be a, a new wing being opened soon under the water.
0: Well, I think that takes us on to our next section, which is the complication. Complication. Right. So are we going to give uh, this character a name?
1: We should, yeah. Can't just call her Samantha Spiro the whole time. Um, she probably like is...
0: Lorelei task or something? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think she's probably old school to the point where she wants to be a muzz or a misses. Yes. Assuming she's about no, I don't she'd, I think we'd ever know her first name. Um, no. I think she's going to be... I, is she married, probably not. Like she's married to the job, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, um, I, you can imagine that.
1: So I'm, I'm going to let's say she's a mus. Uh What, what would her name be?
0: You can just have any name. I mean, you can. I can yeah. Jones became favouring rising damp. Right, it's it's not something that has to be a hurdle. I just said hard task because I was thinking something like um, Trunchbull from Matilda.
1: Yeah, it probably doesn't need to be anything. Uh, Maybe some,
0: something with uh, with some harsh syllables in it, like um, cracknack or something, cracknall
1: cracknol, muscracknol. Yeah, muscracknol. I like that. Okay, let's do that. So what, Max? We've got muscracknol.
0: Carry on with what you were saying. There's a new wing of the university that they're breaking ground on. They're breaking ground on
1: this uh, new wing, which is going to be underwater.
0: Are they doing an underwater wing? It's not I thought you were going to say that they um as they're breaking ground for the new wing as they're starting to dig the foundation they locate an underwater lake and now suddenly the whole university is at risk.
1: Oh, I see. They don't already know there's the underwater lake there.
0: It doesn't have to be. I mean, there oh. has to be an underwater lake, but you can bring it in as you want to. It could be An expedition of people have come back from a dig at an underwater lake and one of them appears to be changed. It could be...
1: We're looking to find a cure at some point, aren't we? So we need to... There's got to be something that is of an issue. They know there's a lake underneath. Okay. That's why the university is called Overlake College.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: And they finally got planning permission to to dig, to, I guess, frack or dig and build... Something underground.
0: Maybe it's like a new marine biology division, and it, yeah. like a glass-bottom boat. It's a glass-bottom building, so that they can actually yes. study the lake. And there's a little platform that goes down into it for for proper yes excavation and um, and study. Like in the
1: main in the main hall, there's a glass bottom. I think yeah. that's a, that's excellent idea that I shall claim as my own. No, that's uh, great.
0: <laughs> that's, that's what this is all about. It's like glass onion, but the other way round. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes, it's, it's like that. Yeah. So the problem with this is that Ms Cracknell can't swim. Okay. And has a fear of water.
0: So she's hydrophobic.
1: So she's hydrophobic due to a childhood incident that she's never been able to talk about. She's never
0: So we're not we're not throwing in the complication is that a, a dog has bitten her. She gets rabies because that's one of the symptoms of rabies, hydrophobia. Is it? Yes.
1: Wow. We, I mean, I didn't know that was a symptom. I just assumed I was, was going to go with that she had a twin who drowned in a...
0: It's one of the useless pits of information that I have space for. I, I can't drive a car, oh. but I know that one of the side effects of rabies is hydrophobia. Well, let's
1: use it, because maybe there are other side effects of rabies that we can... I'll, I'll
0: do the clicky-clacking in and, and find when... the, uh, the side effects of rabies... <laughs> yeah, so delirium, abnormal behaviour, hallucinations, hydrophobia, and insomnia.
1: Abnormal behaviour is kind of what started her down this path of thinking that she runs the, the college, I guess.
0: I mean, do we want to do once the movie? Do um, we want to see something crawl out of the lake? And because she can't actually be at the thing, at the the unveiling ceremony of the, the glass bottom building, she sneaks away because she has a... A panic attack? Or is she rabid before she goes in?
1: I think maybe it needs to be like a sabotage movie rather than a a monster. So maybe there's some thriller element to it where someone doesn't want this project to go ahead. And maybe it's her.
0: So we're following her. What is the complication? Suddenly she's afraid of water and she starts seeing things. You know, as an audience, we see what we're seeing, but they're things that can't possibly be real. Maybe she hallucinates a monster or something like that, because this is one of the side effects of rabies. We don't outright tell people that she's got rabies at the moment, but the complication is that she's suffering the symptoms.
1: Are they delayed symptoms, or would she have to be have been recently bitten by a dog?
0: Obviously, at some point, she has to have been infected. And maybe yes. it is this sort of thing, at the party, she gets this thing where she's sort of been bitten. Or is it a bite? Is it a syringe puncture wound? Maybe there's a cast of characters that are around there. Something has happened. The complication is she gets syringed or bitten. Yeah,
1: I, I think maybe she is the person that's championing the dig. She, she wants it to go ahead. Yeah. But then she gets bitten, which is what causes the, the abnormal behaviour, the hallucinations, the hydrophobia yeah. and the insomnia. So it can't be an old injury because those symptoms would have gone.
0: We see that she's received a mysterious puncture wound of some sort. The complication is that she starts experiencing symptoms because the audience doesn't know this at the moment. Yes. And, yes, there probably is stages of it as it gets worse, that, that these things get more intense. But movie logic, this is why I was saying maybe it's sort of something from the lake or a rare poison or t- something because it's rabies but not rabies as we know it maybe it's rabies from this different evolutionary track so it's like super rabies right so that the audience going in if they're seeing her hallucinations hmm. and her fear and her change of character and all of this sort of stuff the audience won't know what's going on they'll think maybe it's a supernatural horror movie whereas actually it's not
1: i mean it could get to the point where the hallucinations are entirely around the dig and that the, right there never was a dig going to happen but she's yeah, the, imagined the, the it all is
0: there for us to play around with with all of these sorts of things
1: yeah okay so we so we need to find a way that she was bitten by a dog um
0: yeah. he is outside so it's like you know digging the first ceremonial spade of shovel and things like that you have the dean who may or may not be against it that you have your your cast of suspects right She's the Mm. person that's really pushing it through. This is going to be her legacy. This is what she's going to be to leave behind. This is what her life's been building up to. And she goes, oh, we see the puncture wound. We don't see what it's from. It could be a bite. It could be a syringe. It could be something else.
1: I mean, Presumably there are other ways of transmitting rabies anyway. Yeah, I mean, traditionally it's
0: from a rabid dog.
1: It could be man-made.
0: It punctures the skin, and then it's the saliva enters the bloodstream, Yeah. and then that's the way it's transmitted. So it could be a syringe, it could be
1: yeah, it could be a blowpipe, a syringe. Uh, but she she finds herself at the groundbreaking ceremony. She she does the first yeah. dig because you know that's her uh, legacy to some extent, I suppose. As she does she does it, she notices the the pain, the, yeah. the puncture has happened, thinks nothing of it presumably yeah. and it's only you know she she can't sleep yeah. that night cuz we now well we'll eventually know it's yeah. insomnia but she can't she can't settle she can't sleep and when she comes into work the next day there's a definite change in her demeanor her, her mood she's more erratic she's yeah
0: because she's always very composed uh, and, and now she's she's not yeah
1: very composed and orderly and she knows where everything is and she, you know there's probably a set time she probably has a tea break at a set time or coffee in the morning, tea in the afternoon, Uh, lunch at a certain time she goes and sits on the same bench every day. You know, there's probably a lot of routine in her life that suddenly becomes a lot more
0: uh, unreliable, Um, Okay, I think that's definitely good for our complication. So let's see what the AI had for their complication.
2: Max develops a crush on Zoe, a beautiful and popular senior who is also in the biology club. He tries to impress her but ends up embarrassing himself in front of her and the whole club. He also attracts the attention of Chad, Zoe's ex-boyfriend and the leader of the Alpha Frat, a group of arrogant and spoiled students who are rivals with the biology club. Chad challenges Max to a series of pranks and humiliations, hoping to get rid of him and win back Zoe.
0: So all very Van Wilder at the moment, it seems.
1: Yeah, very much like they're going to have a a car race to see... Who gets to go? Party or, or yeah, something very, along those lines. It's uh, it's Greece and it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Let's move on to our next section, which is higher stakes. Higher stakes, and this is where our character can't ignore the situation anymore and really gets sucked in.
1: It's been a a little while now. She's she's barely slept.
0: This is also known as the fun and game section. So I think you know we can have a section where we see things worsening for her. Maybe she's sort of more madcap. Maybe she acts flirty with people in a way that she hasn't done before. You know, maybe she's aggressive, whereas previously she's been passive-aggressive.
1: I I think the idea that some of the things that happen to her are seen as positives by other people. Yeah. So she's she's gone from being simply Muz Cracknell, the untouchable, the, you know, she's up on a pedestal. uh, And then, you know, now maybe she's... Slipping up a bit more, and she's allowing herself the extra drink at the office party, or yeah, she's maybe she dances uh, on the tables
0: and goes, she, yeah. "I miss Krackerlacker," and you know that's, yes. that's what she's. Yeah, dancing.
1: maybe she uh, she finds herself in compromising situations where she and the dean are left alone in a. In the library one evening and yeah. nothing happens necessarily but she would never normally be in that situation or she lets someone into the university who she would never normally let in like there's no way yeah. their application would have been processed and so maybe there's a chance where a couple of characters maybe it's the daisy ridley type character are kind of like what's going on with her something's happened something's changed
0: all that i want before we move on to the next section is mm. to get a sense of who some of the other characters are and how her changing interaction with them affects it. Because essentially, I want us to build out a cast of suspects for when we, you know, find out what has been done to her and by who later on. And at the moment, it seems that Daisy Ridley did it because she's yeah. the only other <laughs> character we've mentioned.
1: Uh, so I think there would be a character who is due to graduate, but is also up on a internal tribunal, courtesy of Ms. Cracknell, yep. and is very close to being expelled, whatever the word might be, having to start again, uh, which means they will have wasted the last three years of their lives. Right. And so I think that person would be a, a definite suspect because their yep. career, so they might benefit from the fact that she's no longer as coherent and as clear thinking and Yep. You, it's easier to pick holes in her situation.
0: How about the uh, Dean is actually against the new building because it's a huge commitment of funds and he doesn't really want to do it but he has been browbeaten down or she has been browbeaten down by Miss Cracknell over a period of months and years.
1: Maybe Miss Cracknell wants it because they they were going to call it the Cracknell wing yep. out of respect. or So she really wants it to go ahead but the dean or somebody doesn't want to because it's it's a money pit. They, the money, the insurance to be underwater like that, to, the building is going to take five years to do. Maybe it's, it's not the bursar
0: the, of the university, right, the person in charge or, of the funds.
1: Or is there someone on the board because then they've got an outside interest as well?
0: The bursar doesn't like it because it's costing a lot of money. You can mm. have this other person doesn't like it because actually they want the credit. Um, they don't want to give it to her. You could have somebody else who's appointed to the board who's like um, a local girl or boy done good, who's actually you know independently wealthy and is financing a large amount of this, but their company is set to go under, but they've already committed to supporting this project
1: there's going to be an environmental impact yeah so there's an environmental team who don't want it to go ahead they're concerned about the local wildlife and what it will do
0: so you've got like a walter peck from ghostbusters type character
1: yes oh my god yeah let's get him yeah uh
0: (laughs) around them you could have some of the hippier students as well that are chaining themselves to to things and saying for them yeah to remain undisturbed yes for it to be higher stakes, where she realises that she has to do something because something has gone seriously wrong, maybe this is the point that the hallucinations kick in, and maybe she realises that something serious is going wrong because right in the middle of the cafeteria, she hallucinates a rodeo clown on a bull on the tables in Hall.
1: I mean, that's an excellent way of getting the rodeo clown in. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's less crowbarred than the AI's version. Yes, with Max the rodeo clown. Then I, th- I guess there needs to be th- like the stakes of her producing this rodeo clown as a witness or as a something when she sees it.
0: It may have just been that she had a. She thought that she'd had a change of mind. She didn't think that some. She didn't necessarily think that something was wrong with her because the audience still doesn't know. They they've just seen that you know she's had this sort of like bite or something. They don't know what it is. It could be a vampire movie, it could be a zombie movie, it could be, you know, that somebody has given her drugs. We're not necessarily sure what this personality change has been too, but... If she's actually hallucinating, it rules out a variety of things, but shows her actually, even though may, she may be enjoying her newfound attention and the way that things are getting done, that something is seriously wrong with her. I just think that ups the stakes enough at this stage. Okay. You can have it entirely different. If you want to save save the rodeo clown for, for later, if he's going to come in like uh, the, the Benoit Brown in uh, Glass Onion or something, that actually... Our, our detective who comes through in the in the, in the second act is uh, a rodeo clown, and that's his uh, detective gimmick.
1: Well, are we making it clear that this is a hallucination at this point? Because I guess the twist at the end is that the the rodeo clown turns out to be real and has a has an impact on her life.
0: It's however you want to do it. So we can do this as we're going through, and I'm sort of skipping ahead. But the next section is the dark Knight of the soul. If she finds out that actually she has rabies, it's fake because it's a strain of rabies that they've not seen before. It's been altered. She's not mm. responding to the medication. And then she has to find the person, not because it's like a DOA situation where she has to find her own killer. But if she finds the person, she can find what they've given her and then they can create an anti-serum for her that's going to work because they've identified it as rabies but a different strain of rabies that they're used to. So she has to find out who it is And then that would be our dark light of the soul, because if she doesn't find it out, she's going to die.
1: So we're assuming that she can actually find a cure.
0: It's a pathogen. It's following the idea of rabies, but something Mm. has been done to it, whether it's something in a lab, whether it's some kind of new species, whether it's something else entirely. But if we can find out either the animal or if somebody's injected you with something and we can study that, we know with dogs, with things like that, how to create, drugs that will help you with rabies but until that happens
1: i think then the rodeo clown that she hallucinates needs to be that turning point where she she really realizes this is you know it's not just insomnia it's not just yeah change in behavior yeah and hallucination therefore that's probably the first time she goes to seek help and to seek yeah. guidance about the situation
0: that would be her higher stakes at this point yeah that works all right well then let's hear what the ai had for their higher stakes
2: max accepts chad's challenge hoping to prove himself and win zoe's heart he enlists the help of his roommate leo a geeky and loyal friend who is good with gadgets and hacking together they pull off some hilarious and ingenious pranks on chad and his cronies such as replacing their shampoo with hair dye hacking their phones to play clown music. And sabotaging their party with an air fryer that explodes popcorn everywhere. However, Chad retaliates by exposing Max's secret identity as a rodeo clown, making him a laughing stock of the campus.
1: I mean, it's it's American Pie, isn't it? It's uh,
0: well, it's, it's, it's real genius, which is like a, an '80s university movie that had Val Kilmer in it. And the, <laughs> I think the big. Um, thing in the climax of that movie is that they fill the Dean's house with uh, unpopped popcorn and then fire a space laser into it.
1: <laughs> I think we're on to a more worthy movie idea, personally. Yes. Than, it has than now, AI. I think,
0: ticked off all of its boxes. Yes. So like, we we still have the uh, the shadow of the air fryer hanging over us.
1: Yes, but I, I think that that will be okay. Okay. So I'm I'm not too concerned about the air fryer at this point.
0: All right, well, then let's move on to the the Dark Knight of the
1: Soul.
2: The Dark Knight of the Soul.
0: This probably won't be a huge section because we basically explained what the Dark Knight of the Soul was likely to be when we were sort of discussing with the nature of the hallucination. But um, how are we really going to grind Ms. Cracknell down? I mean,
1: she's got to get some answers about um, what's happened to her. So presumably they've got to run some tests and...
0: So I think Uh, this is what the Dark Knight of the Soul is, that she finds out hmm. that it's a form of rabies. It's not responding to regular drugs. They need to find out where it comes from. They talk about the, the, the bite. They look at the wound and they say that it could be a puncture wound. It could be an animal. It could be an injection. Perhaps at this late stage, we do get a police person involved as kind of like an ally at this. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, you are behaving erratically the doctor wants to keep you here unfortunately I need to take you back to the scene so that you've explained who all of the various people are maybe
1: I wonder if there's a way that she can use her hallucinations for good so that's why she needs to go back to the scene where it all happens because they want to try and trigger the some extra hallucinations in her
0: we're not turning her into a psychic but because she's so involved mm. in people's lives when they go back and they talk about stuff like that they sort of say well who was at the table when you saw this radio clown and it's like okay his, it was this person. They follow up with that and they find out that actually his father was a rodeo clown that emigrated from America in whatever sort of time. Because she's internalised these details about everyone in the university over the years, the hallucinations mm-hmm. that she sees uh, help her subconsciously recall information that she's forgotten about people.
1: So the radio clown wasn't just an innocuous hallucination that made her go, I need help. There yes. was actually more to it in that the the drug that she was injected with, which carries the rabies strain that she's now going to die from, yeah. um, was laced also with elements of the perpetrator's history.
0: It could be that, or it could be just like the nature of her psychosis for some strange reason is interacting with her subconscious in a way that details she's forgotten, but she had read and internalised somewhere in her big deep memory, is rising to the surface in the form of hallucinations.
1: That means she's to have more hallucinations than just the rodeo clown.
0: The detective comes in... And uh, she sort of said, there's somebody behind you that's got lots of cooking pots and curry and sort of stuff like that. And I've no idea why. And then with a bit of experimentation, it's sort of like, okay, well, my sister went to your university back in 1993. And in her um, personal statement, she was sort of saying how she had been really hardworking because she helped support our father's restaurant at the same time. It sort of turns out that because she had the same surname, because the sister was mentioned in this you know, document that she had read 25 years ago. Somehow yeah. it's bringing that to the surface. It's slightly sci-fi. It's not too sci-fi. It's within the realms of possibility. It's more like in Knives Out, where the, the main suspect can't lie without vomiting.
1: It has a physiological reaction to the situation. When she
0: knows a detail about somebody yeah. that, that seems to be important it shows in the form of the hallucination. Things
1: he hadn't remembered now are part of her hallucinations. Okay.
0: They're sort of saying your symptoms, your hydrophobia, your insomnia, your personality changes, the hallucinations are going to get worse and more frequent because we don't know the nature of this pathogen. It could be a day, it could be a week, but things are going to get worse. We're going to put you under... Um, the custody of this police officer but when the time comes you're going to have to be rushed back to hospital we're going to have to do what we can to keep you alive but there's a ticking clock it could be a day it could be a week but you've got to find this out quickly because Otherwise, mm. it's it's death. The race is on. That's a pretty dark night of the soul that you realise that actually all of the progress she made has been because she's suffering some form of rabies. She doesn't know where the rabies comes from. It's going to be fatal. Her personality mood swings and things like that are going to get worse and more extreme. And if anyone can do worse and more extreme personality swings, we've got the actress for it, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I think that sort of sets us up for our next section. Okay. So let's hear what the Dark Knight of the Soul was for the AI.
2: Max feels humiliated and betrayed by Zoe, who laughs along with Chad and the others. He decides to quit the biology club and drop out of college. He also learns that his family's rodeo business is in trouble, as they are being sued by a rival company for trademark infringement. He feels like he has no place in the world. And that he is nothing but a joke.
0: Dreamed of leaving the rodeo life behind, but he's been sucked back in. Leaving university, humiliated, lost the girl, <laughs> lost his place.
1: Should have stuck with the rabies.
0: Yeah, it's not death by psychic rabies, but you no. know, it's uh, it's something. Let's move on to our next section, which is getting it together.
1: Getting it together. This is where we'll need to bring the air fryer in, right? Uh, yeah. because I think if you're you're cooking up a cure, basically. So one thing she's able to do is, I guess, thinking about all of the people that she's known over the years, she's able to pin down a suspect list that's very thorough. So we've narrowed it down with our list before anyway, uh, with the, the various people, all of whom have a history with the university and all of whom have something to lose or gain By her demise.
0: Maybe rather than cooking up a cure in the air fryer, maybe she has this list and she sees all of these people and six of them, say, when she sees them, she sees a giant air fryer over their heads. So she knows that there's a connection between them, but she can't for the life of her work out what it is.
1: What's the purpose for the air fryer in this situation?
0: Like- well, because it's the subconscious thing that an important detail is revealed to them, like right. the rodeo clown, like the the Indian restaurant, that if we have this big list, it's narrowed down to our final however many suspects. What she's seeing from her subconscious is an air fryer among all of them, so that there's some kind of link between these last six people but she's got to try and work out what the significance of the air fryer is.
1: Rather than it being an actual air fryer that used, or, or they would use to make the.
0: Yeah, because I, I guess we've, we've, we've said it in the real world, right, where yeah. it's medicine. I mean, you know, obviously we're having these weird psychic visions and all of the, all of the rest of it. My idea of having the air fryer as a hallucination, I know we're going back to the hallucination well, It's maybe just because that's quite an interesting thing to lead up to the climax, because we know who our six suspects is. With these things, there always seems to be some strange interconnectedness between them, and for the interconnectedness to be an air fryer and then to work out how an air fryer connects them and why it's important.
1: Okay, and how would it connect them? What's Unless one of them had invented the air fryer or a type...
0: I mean, this might be going into finale territory, but it could be the local investor who was the person done good was the inventor of the air fryer. It could Mm -hmm. be that the other person she sees an air fryer from is the Daisy Ridley character. And it could be revealed later on that actually she's his illegitimate child and has taken this temp job to try and get close to him. The dean has been taking illegal kickbacks from the air fryer person and so he's implicated. The air fryer person who's about to lose his money has actually sent the Walter Peck character to try and protest this to stop it happening because he doesn't want it to happen. And that one of the hippies who's his hangers-on has actually been somebody he's been having an affair with she is a, a clinical biologist who in, has, has found some sort of species under the lake. And from that, she's discovered that it did harbour this pathogen, this rabies, that because it evolved in a parallel evolution, was basically untreatable. So there you go. That would be how uh, an example off the top of my head of how the air fryer could connect. OK, that's
1: all that's all doable, believable that uh, there's enough of a connection uh, to the bits there. So she is hallucinating or continuing to hallucinate. And presumably the hallucinations are getting worse over time because yeah. the disease is really taking hold. So
0: And she's really scared of water.
1: The hydrophobia has to, yeah, we've not really touched on that as much. Because that was kind of the starting point for where we got to rabies, yeah. Uh, and it's it's now the least uh, talked about symptom. She has this detective esque character that she's yeah. confiding in, and she has list... And actually, maybe list- they're
0: working quite well as a as a pair, like you know, like. She's the person that's saying there's a connection, it's the air fryer, I don't know what that means. And then the other person is actually, you know, getting on the airwave, looking for the research and finding out the connections between these people.
1: Except she knows she knows the information about the people from all their files. So yeah. maybe it's about how the detective is able to drill down into her Deep and her subconscious, you know. and
0: Ask questions and ask for other things. Yeah. Like you know, she could be doing witness statements of like talking to people's wives and sort of stuff like that. And then you know, are you flashing on anything? You know, that we this is like the investigation part. I think yeah. we're building up towards a finale where basically you've got the six suspects brought together, probably in this room. That you know has the, the the glass bottom on it. That they overhear that there's going to be a clandestine meeting there or something like that. They're going to catch them in the act, find out the person that actually did it, and and try and find um, a, a sample of the toxin to develop an antigen.
1: And presumably, if there's this glass bottom room, she can no longer go in that room because of the water. Right. The water below.
0: Or, or you know she has to try and find some way to overcome it, but. Mm. That's their plan. There's going to be a meeting. It's going to be at the site because mm. the, the floor has just been laid down. The research team has actually been researching the lake for a while, but it's still a construction site But over this big sheet of glass. It's a good sort of place to have a a Deep Throat-style clandestine meeting, right? Because there's no cameras or stuff like that really in a building site. Yeah. Sorry, I have this thing where I I get an idea and I tend to railroad people. You can rewind, backtrack that and have something else entirely if you like. No, I, I
1: have this thing where I'm very happy to let other people do all the work and then claim credits at the end.
0: Well, no, know all, all, all the credit will be will be to you but I think that's fine for our getting it together section. Mm-hmm. you can imagine sort of funny scenes we're not detailing them but you know where she goes to people she gets unlikely help from the person that she let into university maybe they're like the linchpin, uh, the key uh, for, for finding out where this meeting is and that has she hadn't if she hadn't had that personality change they wouldn't have been there to be able to help her. You know, all of these like nice little grace notes before we head into the finale. But let's hear what the AI had for their getting it together section.
2: Leo convinces Max to not give up and tells him that he has discovered something shocking about Dr. Jones's research project. He shows him that Dr. Jones is actually working for a shady corporation that plans to use the lake's water to create a biological weapon that can cause mass hysteria and panic. Leo also reveals that he has hacked into Dr. Jones's computer and found evidence that he has been testing the weapon on unsuspecting students, causing them to act like clowns. Leo suspects that Zoe is one of the victims, as she has been acting strangely lately.
1: They've really bought into this clown idea, haven't they?
0: So it's a biological weapon that turns people into clowns. Yeah. I suppose if you're on a battlefield and suddenly you spray some gas and rather than shooting people, people start bonking each other's noses and doing crap falls, mm. it would be an effective way to disarm an enemy. I don't know if it is the, the most useful biological weapon, but no, it has its uses, I suppose. Yes,
1: yeah, seems to be working for them.
0: Horror movies and clowns go together quite well. I was flicking through... Amazon Prime the other day and saw that they have a film on there called Clown Nado, which is essentially Shark Nado with clowns. Right. So it's not even the strangest use of clowns <laughs> in a movie that I've seen this week. I mean those people are scared of clowns. Pennywise and Stephen King have a lot to answer for. Yeah, absolutely. Um so let's move on to our final section, which is the finale. Finale.
2: Okay.
0: Imagine that she can't go in, that she's afraid. It's sort of like, look, it's fine. It's from a distance. You can stay here. You've got binoculars. You've got one of those hearing things. You record what they're saying and I will go and question them. once they've revealed themselves. You've got the actual evidence and I, I will go through it and, and get the stuff. Or, or something along those lines, I guess. This
1: is it. She She's either going to die or be cured. Yes. But whatever happens, she needs the killer, or the attempted killer, to be
0: she needs two things she needs to find out who the attempted killer is and then she also needs to either find the animal or the substance in her bloodstream Mm. so that she can get back and get a cure
1: I'm not a fan of films that end with the people being cured in the last second, Right. I kind of feel sometimes it's okay to let nature take its course that's
0: absolutely fine
1: so I, I'm going to say S- Samantha Spiro won't mind. We're going to kill her off yeah, uh, at the end of the movie. But she does at least die knowing that her assailant has been brought to justice.
0: We have the revelation, um, and you can decide who, who the, the person is. She's getting hallucinations really big and really bad. She sort of distracts the person, whoever it is, by revealing key and embarrassing things about their past, uh, and she decides she doesn't want to go back to the way that she was. If she's going to die, she's going to die, but it's going to be in a blaze of glory. Maybe she just takes takes as many of them with her as she can. Oh, right. Maybe not. A bold a
1: bold term. I, I like the idea, perhaps, that there is a cure, but she chooses not to take it. Like, she's done. She's seen a new way of life and she doesn't she doesn't want to live this life anymore she then has the control still she's got the power and to some extent even as the admissions officer of a university she is the one that decides when it's time for her to bow out yeah so I, I like the idea they do find a cure as to which of the suspects did it again it's, it's really frustrating when it's the most obvious. But also really frustrating when it's the most unlikely. Someone suddenly turns to murder, even though they've never.
0: The police officer turns around at the last minute and says, in the hallucination, when you saw the cooking in the Indian restaurant, did you see that my father was cooking in an air fryer?
1: So the police officer did it. As an audience member, I think that would anger me. Okay. Because I'd be like... There was no indication because the fact that she she went to the police officer couldn't have been predicted by the police officer. For me, I think the the dean is the least friendly character of them all. I mean,
0: we could always lean into the like the scream or even like the murder on the Orient Express part of it, whereas it's not necessarily everyone.
1: There's multiple p- perpetrators.
0: The air fryer person is the one that funded the research. The EPA person is the, is the one who managed to get the contaminated sample because they had access to it. And the person that it was his groupie and also the person having an affair with the millionaire was the person that actually delivered it in the form of a syringe. I mean, a conspiracy so like Daisy that. Ridley is innocent, so is the dean and, and the bursar, but those, those three are all in it together.
1: So the people connected with the university directly are in the clear.
0: Yes. And it's the
1: outsiders.
0: Yeah, I think there's a nice symmetry to that.
1: The only thing I don't like there is if she's going to ultimately refuse treatment and take her own life or, I guess, give in to the disease, it has to be because there's nothing for her to go back to. She doesn't want to go back to her original life. For that, it sort of makes sense that it's one of the people who was really part of her life that did it well
0: then then we can swap it to the other ones yeah that it was the bursar that was funding the the department it was the dean who wanted it to to stop and he you know obviously he'd spoken to the lecturer and found out about this contaminated sample Mm. and daisy ridley uh, is somebody that was close to her and had the opportunity and he offered her she wanted to be an actress maybe he offered her uh, a a scholarship on a drama program or something
1: i think daisy having the opportunity works very well because she's she works closest with miss cracknell uh, and she possibly would have been the one to lay the the shovel where it needs to be and therefore could have yeah if it was a little dart thing in the shovel so when she grabs it that's how she gets spiked or if it's a blow dart or so maybe, yeah, Daisy is the person that did that.
0: You know, maybe the Bursa wasn't involved. Maybe it was the Dean and Daisy. Maybe Daisy has, like, a change of heart at the last minute where it was like, you know, it was just to get you out of the picture. I didn't realise it was going to kill you. Here's the, the syringe that I used, and uh, she's about to to hand it over, and the Dean then kills Daisy to try and protect himself. He's about to get rid of the the evidence and at the last minute um, Miss Cracknell jumps in front of the bullet to protect the other people and in her last act she picks up the broken shards from the floor, shoves them in the, the guy's face knowing that he's going to suffer through all of the pain and hallucinations that she did. She's not Necessarily killed him, but that was the last and only sample, right? I
1: like the idea of her protecting the future. So she always saw Daisy as the future. So although she's not prepared to carry on anymore, she's, yeah, she will take the bullet for Daisy. And maybe she doesn't even know if it's genuine or if it's another hallucination, but she takes that leap anyway. Yeah. Whether or not she manages to get, fling the Well, I
0: mean, it's fade to black, and we can decide in the, in the, Final image, if we like. Yeah. Gunshot, fade to black. I mean, that's our, our finale. The killer has been captured. Her legacy has been secured. Whether she's around to see it or not is a, a question mark for now. Yes. Okay, let's hear what the finale was for the AI.
2: Max uses his rodeo clown skills to sneak into Dr. Jones's lab under the lake with Leo and other clown-affected students. They find Dr. Jones ready to release his weapon into the city's water. They fight him and his guards. And find a cure that Leo sprays over everyone. Dr. Jones and his guards become clowns, while the others are normal again. Max lassoes Dr. Jones and stops him from escaping. The police arrest him and his cronies. Max is a hero. Zoe likes him back and kisses him. Everyone's becoming
1: a clown.
0: I guess cause everyone else became a clown with the special toxin. Yeah. He finds a cure and uses it to cure everyone apart from um our big bad and his his henchmen. Mm. So they're the only people who have irreversibly turned into clowns for some reason. Poetic justice. I like With it. a red nose on. Okay. Uh, let's move to our, our final section then, which is the final image. Final
1: image. We need to get to the opening of the new wing. Yes. So presumably how long it's going to take. So it could be three years, it could be five years later. I think Daisy is still there.
0: Do you think like Daisy is now following in Miss Cracknell's example, and now she's the new Miss Cracknell?
1: I think so. She's probably modernised it somewhat, but mm-hmm. I think she is there. She's stuck at the role, inspired by this woman that came before her.
0: Yeah, yeah. and she's sort of taken on some of her, her mannerisms, like the, the kind curtness, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, so maybe the start of this final bit is her organising people to get to the grand opening, so, you know, it's like a it a, a one-take shot, like a, a, maybe, yeah, like a, maybe a mirror the, of the beginning. Yeah, may, maybe even an Aaron Sorkin. Where
0: we had this Cracknell at the beginning walking through and dealing with people. Yeah. It's the same kind of people, it's exactly the same walk, but it's different. Yes, and it could be an, in, it's like an
1: Aaron Sorkin walk and talk moment. Yeah.
0: and she's hurrying people along to, to get to the opening. Yeah. Maybe we have... The bursar is now dean after the dean has been imprisoned. You know, this building is a look to the future of Overwater University.
1: If, if the opening walk and talk was from Ms Cracknell's point of view, so we don't actually see her until like the final yeah. moment in that opening, perhaps at, at the end, because it's mirrored, we don't even know that it's Daisy at first... She's doing the yep. walk and talk, barking orders at people, encouraging yep. them, dismissing them, whatever it might be. Yeah. And it's only when we see her stood at the lakeside, this underwater building yep. is being opened, listening to the new dean give this inspirational speech, and we have the opening of the Ms. Cracknell wing.
0: Maybe it sort of shows her growth at the end of it. Maybe they call it the cracker building I mean, that's
1: obviously a key word of yours uh
0: (laughs) no no no. i was just sort of thinking because you know she said she (laughs) didn't want to go back to being who she was everything at the end of it that they celebrate the person she became with the psychic rabies
1: and cracker lacquer it was yeah there we go
0: there we go all tied up in a nice unusual little bow i don't think somehow that the ai will do such an elegant job but let's see what they've suggested
2: we see Max graduating from Lakeview University with honors, along with Leo and his other friends. He is also reunited with his family, who are proud of him and his rodeo achievements. He and Zoe are still together, and they plan to travel the world as rodeo clowns. The movie ends with a montage of their adventures, as they make people laugh and have fun. Oh,
0: Sweet. I suppose that he's embraced his inner clown. Yeah. I guess uh, with our fatal flaw at the end of it that Miss Crackdaw embraced her, her inner lacquer. As we all should. And, and that's it. Yeah. So uh, all that remains is for us to come up with a, a title and a tagline for the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll reveal what the AI had for theirs. Okay. Uh, do you want to have a, a guess for the title?
1: I mean, it's probably going to involve Rodeo Clown.
0: It's it's almost a pun. Okay clowning around and the tagline is they thought college was a joke they were right okay <laughs> there've been worse titles there have been better ones but i suppose clowning around is some something that people do at, uh, at college and everybody being turned into clowns there's at least like one and a half meanings there i suppose and i feel clown In the past. i feel
1: clown college would have been a better
0: title yes, absolutely rather than clowning around chuckles so. you
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm terrible at coming up with titles for things generally because you, you either make it too on-the-nose, you yeah, know, it, it would be <laughs> so ridiculous, like cracknell Rabies, or it's so subtle and...
0: I mean, I thought of a subtle one that's, that's kind of uh, Agatha Christie. Mm. The Lake and the Clearing, because she's in charge of clearing and it's over a lake.
1: Or... How about admission of guilt?
0: That's much better.
1: There we go. That's the title: Admission of guilt. Unless there's something else with admission? But
0: no. Yeah. Admission of guilt. Admi- fantastic. Admission of guilt. There we go. As a tagline, she was always a stick in the mud. Who thought that rabies would be a good thing? I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of something to do with the hallucinations. Like everything becomes clear. Or like I like I liked your thing of it being about clear. Uh,
0: she was in charge of clearings. Now nothing seems clear.
1: Just explain to me, like, in terms of a tagline, are we looking for, it was this, but it was that? Or is it just...
0: It, it could be anything that you like. Okay. It's just, you know, in space, no one can hear you scream. You know, it could be, like, um, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll hallucinate a rodeo clown and giant air fryers, you know.
1: So admission of guilt. So much she thought.
0: It's because you're looking for a pun, isn't it? I'm look. You're, yeah, I'm looking for it that. Ch- that runner-up in the, the Pun Master Awards <laughs> is chafing you. I mean, if you, if you, you can't said, come up with
1: a pun, you said you weren't going to mention it. Uh, I'm also looking for. <laughs> I'm looking for something uh, like <laughs> something stupid, like she was in the clear. Russell Crowe wasn't even in the movie. Something. Uh, yeah. You know, I. I I I feel I want to bash Russell Crowe a little bit. I don't know why. I'm just in that mood. What about... (laughs) What about... They say getting into university is hard, but getting out is harder. Uh,
0: But getting out is
1: murder. Oh, getting out is murder. Very nice. There we are. There we
0: go. Uh, So we have our our films. We have Clowning Around versus Admission of Guilt. Uh, I think we have uh, stood up admirably against the ai the question that is really important is is the movie you've created one that you would actually go to watch in the cinema i think
1: this one is yeah the, the, i don't think yeah. the ai would interest me in the least like that one i would wait okay. to come out on
0: like well, on streaming on stri- free
1: yeah a, a streaming yeah. service i already pay for i wouldn't yes i wouldn't subscribe specifically for that movie um i think ours i would be more Uh, more willing to invest the money in to go and see it on the big screen. Because I think with the hallucinations, and you know, there's going to be some epic moments.
0: It also would cut together as a very good WTF trailer without actually revealing any of the elements of the plot. Yes. And I think it would be a showcase, right, for for an actress that sorely deserves it.
1: If Samantha Spiro doesn't get propelled (laughs) at this point into I know. into the stratosphere of where she deserves I mean not not that she's struggling. Yeah, you know, she's obviously
0: No, but she needs her Olivia Coleman style breakout role, right?
1: You yes. Know? And wouldn't it be lovely to have a movie without Olivia Coleman once in a while?
0: Exactly. <laughs> Although that's probably who they would try and cast, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Is Olivia Coleman available?
1: Yeah. And on the day she's not, we'll film from behind and we'll use Samantha Spiro.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: but exactly. they shouldn't because Samantha Spiro's phenomenal.
0: She is. She is really good. And she she is truly a transformational actress. Very like, much so. It's been within those sorts of things that I've seen it in stuff, and it has literally been, I know that face, but I can't work out where I've seen her before. And it's like, oh, it's her. She's uh, she's great. She's really great. I okay. agree. Um, Right, I, that's it for the film. Thank you so much for, for joining me. I hope you had fun uh, coming up with it.
1: It's, yeah. Revelationary. It's been revelationary.
0: Oh, very good. Well, thank you. If you've got anything that you would like to to plug, your book, your your websites, or upcoming things, uh, please let uh, say here and I'll put it in the show notes as well.
1: Lovely. Thank you. I'm on all social media at Phillips Comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one L philip Phillip, but that's on every platform that you could possibly want to follow somebody is at Philip's comedy. My website is philipsimon.co.uk, and that's recently been updated. So it's got a lot of the gigs I'm doing where I'm going to be performing. So if you want to see where I am and if I'm coming to an area near you, uh, if you've got young children in your life, then schools out comedy club is the show I did during lockdown. It was a show where kids were sending in jokes and I made videos telling the jokes so you can go onto YouTube and watch all of that, or you could even buy the joke book from my website, philipsimon.co.uk forward slash shop. Uh, they are seven pounds fifty plus postage, and all the profits go to Fair Share, which is a hunger charity. Very, very good charity. Do an amazing amount of work. Um, so all the profits go to them, and the joke book is loads and loads of silly jokes sent in by children, there's a bit of colouring in some cartoons as well. So it's that's a lot of fun. And the last place is the podcast You Talking to Me. Uh, we just did a live show at the London Podcast Festival with Andy Nyman as our guest. And um, we've had some fantastic guests in in our back catalogue as well.
0: I was I was looking through I'm definitely going to listen to the Adam Bloom episode because I love him. He's fantastic. Yeah
1: it's such good and that's the one the last one we did that went out a few weeks ago was Mara Wilson. Who film aficionados will, of course, know as the kid in Mrs. Doubtfire, Miracle on (laughs) 34th Street, Matilda. And she was just the most phenomenal guest. Really, really interesting. So, yeah, ch- check them out.
0: If you do want to come and see uh, live comedy every Saturday at the Beer Cat in Ealing Broadway, uh, free tickets. If you I want to perform as well, uh, you can apply on the website. Uh, all of that information, all of the links will be in the show notes. So, uh, once again, uh, thank you very much, Philip. Uh, thank everyone for listening. Bye.
2: Bye-bye.